Hi friends, welcome back to the Bible Project Podcast. And we're in episode 196, part 127 of our journey together through the book of Genesis, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. Now, I'd like just like to remind you that there's always transcripts of all these podcasts available in the episode notes section of the audio version of, of the podcast on the Buzzsprite website. But you'll also find within the episode notes there a link to another podcast, which I do, which is a compilation podcast of these individual daily podcasts, along with any other teaching that I've done on any other platforms or in real world places like churches or meetings that goes on there on roughly a weekly basis. And there's a link through to that, which is called the Living in Faith Everyday Podcast, the Life Podcast. So you're very welcome to go along there and to access the teaching and the other stuff that I'm doing in other formats there. But today here on the daily podcast, the Bible Project podcast, for the next week or so, looking at Genesis chapter 17. And we began that process yesterday. And I finished the previous episode by asking the question, how much trouble do you want in your life? Well, you've had time to think about it, 24 hours, and I'd like to suggest that maybe that we all need something to contend with in life. Maybe God wants us to go through stuff in our life so that we can live the kind of life that can, in a sense, that can allow God to bring out the best in us. You know, if God solved all our problems for us, we probably wouldn't really grow, would we? So maybe, maybe we are called to face some challenges. Maybe we have to work our way through some difficult challenges in order to bring us to a point of spiritual maturity. Maybe there's real value in overcoming problems in order that spiritual maturity can be gained. How about getting married and having a family? That's something that brings big challenges and responsibilities into anyone's life, man or woman. Here's something that I think is really interesting. A very famous chap at the moment is is Jordan Peterson, professor from the University of Toronto. But in one of his early books, Maps of Meaning, published in 1999, he said this, The psychological literature is quite clear. If you do a moment-to-moment comparison of people who have children and people who don't have children, then people who don't have children are happier moment-by-moment than people who do have children. He then goes on to explain what he means by that position. But I think it's interesting to just think for a minute about the fact that it appears that having children in some level makes people unhappy. Anyway, that's what the very early psychologists thought in the early 1950s when this research was first published. Some jumped to the conclusion that that's what it meant, but they only jumped to that conclusion because they embraced the idea and were teaching that happiness should be the main goal of people's lives. So that they concluded that there's something about having children that makes you unhappy. But soon rational people came along and began to say, and Peterson explains this process extensively in his book, they began to come along and the question began to be raised is that, is it right that moment by moment happiness should be the way to consider measuring a fulfilling life? Day-to-day happiness perhaps is indeed the wrong measure to come to when to assessing what's important in life. Of course you're less happy in one level when a family comes along. Of course you're less happy because once you have children, 
then of course we all have something to worry about, don't we? Forget the arguments among the psychologists in the 50s and the 60s. A very smart old Christian woman I knew many years ago once said to me, I can only be as happy as my unhappiest child. Now that's a really profound insight right there. Because that old woman knew something that it took psychologists over 20 years of argument and research to discover. It's not that me having children makes you unhappy. It's don't be so stupid, don't be so dumb as to measure day-by-day happiness and make that your main measure of what's important in life or even make it your goal in life. Now, I'm not saying that God is calling us to be unhappy or depressed. I'm just saying don't be stupid enough to make happiness the ultimate goal of your life. Because, friends, satisfaction can never be achieved in any other way other than choosing to live a meaning and productive life through things that will benefit other people. Trying to be happy all the time is not the answer to the meaning of life. Because a deep sense of satisfaction can only be achieved in the pursuit of something worthwhile. Now, if I use the example of becoming a parent again, then if you think about the moment that new life arrives in your life, then you know you're responsible. As a new parent, you're naturally now going to be concerned, be worried, be focused on protecting and keeping this little defenseless soul safe, this thing that you have together brought into the world. Your happiness level will now forever be linked to the well-being of this new little life, this new little one that you now love and you feel a sense of responsibility for. Becoming a parent means what is good for you will now become what is good for someone else. And by the way, friends, that principle should apply to all good marriages. It should be the foundation of all marriages of Christian believers. The very best marriages are always made up of couples who try and do what's best for their partner rather than themselves. A marriage built on trusting one another to do what is best for the other one. Some have described it as the best in me, serving the best in you, makes the best of marriages. You see, trust, friends, trust is an unbelievably powerful force. And it is trust here that has been represented and been built upon in the covenant relationship between Abraham and God. But trust, trust is an unbelievably powerful force. We see it played out most intimately between a husband and a wife and between a parent and a child. Because having a relationship with someone that is built on trust means that you can make certain assumptions about that person, but you can also have a handle and make conclusions and assumptions about the past, not just the present. And it also means that you can make plans together about the future. And that applies in both the heavenly relationship between man and God and between earthly relationships, because in that situation, things can be stable because we are standing on solid ground. A lovely old biblical phrase there. But on the other side of that, that's why if a person you trust betrays you, that's why it's so catastrophic. That's why if you're in an intimate relationship and the other person has an affair, it's absolutely devastating, catastrophic often to that relationship. Because one moment you thought you were in the right place where everything was secure and you built your perception of the world 
on that principle of trust. And the second later that trust is abused or broken, you find yourself in a completely different place. I know this is difficult to hear for some of you sometimes if you're going up through this, because not only is the place that you find yourself different now, but you may be questioning the place that you thought you were in years ago, and you may be questioning the place that you thought you were going to find yourself in the future. Your future can appear very different. All of that certainty can feel it's gone, feeling of a loss of control. God never does that, but in our human experience, when we experience something like that, we may look at that situation and that other people and think things weren't what I thought they were. I thought I knew that other person, but I didn't. But here in this story, we see God calling upon the lives of people in a very particular way. And God calls us to mirror that call within our human relationships, particularly within family relationships, so we can build a foundation of doing what's best for the other person and allow us to create something that can be held together by a secure framework of trust. What a wonderful way to build a marriage. What a wonderful way to build a family. And what a wonderful way to build a society. That's why I believe it's important that Christian believers should marry and share their lives with other people who share their faith and values. I don't believe we can experience a true sense of God's calling unless at some level we take on the responsibility of not only doing that, but living in that way. And that begins by us starting to take responsibility for our own lives and our own decisions to live in an honest, trustworthy way and not to portray people and not to particularly portray people or situations that we've entered into covenant relationships with. You see, this is a very different worldview, isn't it? It's very different from the one taught by a great many of these so-called life coaches today. It seems to me predominantly teach that the purpose of life and the goal of life is to chase happiness. The Bible here very clearly suggests otherwise. Happiness will come along for us if we live the life that God has planned for us. But we should be thrilled at that when it comes along. But that's not what we're meant to pursue, because that is just plain wrong. In fact, to pursue happiness in reality is self-centered and narcissistic. And it's the lowest possible notion of who God wants you to be. Jesus summed this up in its entirety for us in perfection when he questioned on this issue. And his response was this. He was asked the question, teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And his reply was, love the Lord with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Because this is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is like this. Love your neighbour as yourself. Wow. Well, we're going to come together again tomorrow and we're going to unpack how we might really begin to do that in the next episode. So thanks for joining me and I'll see you here back again very soon on the Bible Project Daily Podcast. Bye for now.